0: I'd like to introduce Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Might as well get the whole experience down here on the tape machine. My name is Mitch, I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, 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 Mitch. I'm also exercise bulimia, recovering, and... restrictor um, body image, with morphia, whatever they call that. It's too big of a word for me, sorry um whew, wow great share thank you very much oh um, uh, wow i think i I think I should have went first. you should have been the wrap up speaker <laughs> um a lot of times what I say in the rooms uh is uh can be uh kind of controversial uh <laughs> so um but um I had a person come up to me after a meeting, um, wanted to talk to me about my share. And um, I said, okay. And then he told me he didn't, he he thought that my share, I shouldn't have shared it. and And that, you know, pretty much what I said shouldn't have been said at the meeting. That's why I mean it can be very controversial at times, especially when you show up and you tell the truth, you know. A lot of people don't want to hear the truth. They want to hear the fluff. They want to hear, you know, everything's great, everything's wonderful, especially when you're looking at somebody who's been abstinent for a while, you know. And this person was going through this, you know. And I didn't get mad at him. I understood where he was coming from. I felt his his, uh, sense of concern and compassion, not only for me but for other members in the room, And then I told him, I said, well, you know, um, I've had this conversation with other members of the fellowship. And to tell you the truth, uh, none of them are in the rooms today. So you may want to look at that. And uh, my example has always been show up, tell you truth, no matter what it is. And if somebody doesn't like it, well, sorry about that. You know, Um, it's not really my job to please everybody in the room with my story, and it may not be something that everybody wants to hear, you know, but it's my truth, and that's what's kept me here and kept me abstinent, is showing up and telling my truth, you know. Um, And I think I had a conversation with this guy for about 20 minutes, and we agreed not to agree, you know, and he went his way and I went mine, and I don't think there was any animosity, at least on my side there wasn't you know and i i got the impression that he was okay with it and walked on himself you know i've had other people come up to me when i shared my experience with early re, early recovery and in, in oa that um, they they felt like i i can be very um animated in my share and they felt that my my animation and the way that i expressed what i was expressing triggered them in a sense and they felt threatened because they came from an environment or a home that um anger was a part of it and they felt that you know and i understood and i talked to them about it as well and That's who I am. That's how I show up. That's what I do. And maybe it wasn't the right way for that person, but somebody else in the room who didn't come up to me and talk to me may have gotten something from it. And I've also had people do that as well, not at that particular meeting, but at other meetings. So I'm grateful um, that I am a person who does show up and I do show up the best that I can to be who I am and to express whatever it is that comes out of my mouth when I'm sharing at a meeting. And I do get asked to share a lot, too. I mean, uh, it it comes and goes, but, you know, like um, about a month ago, I was speaking in Oakland. Three weeks ago, I was speaking in San Rafael. Last week, I was in San Mateo with some people that are in the room, and today I'm here. So obviously somebody wants to hear what I have to say, but not everybody, you know. And I don't find that uh, what other people have experienced in the fellowship, I don't find total acceptance from everybody that, that uh, is in the room, which is fine. Um, I try my best to accept what everybody else has to say and, and where they're at in their recovery and, um, and to have concern and compassion for them. And that is a new commodity for me because I, before program, I would have I walked around with an emotional shotgun strapped to my side, double-barreled, and if you brushed across my ego, I would blast you with it, and I would tell you where to go, how to go, and what you could do when you got there in very colorful language that I'm not going to express today, you know. And, um, and I didn't have a problem doing that. I didn't like myself, but I didn't have a problem telling you where to go, you know. And, um, and I did that quite often with people because I was a very ego-driven individual who felt threatened by anybody who brushed across my ego, had this guy approached me 20 years ago, I would have shot him with that shotgun. I wouldn't have had the recovery that I have today. It would have been a whole different story, you know. Um, it would have been one, I mean, today, it's one of, like I said, you know. I was, I'm reading this uh, book. I'll give you an idea of what I'm talking about. Um, I mean, it's not... I mean, I've read all the OA literature, the AA literature. I was, I've been you know, part of one of my, my home group. Wednesday night is a potpourri meeting where speaker comes in and reads various literature and shares upon that literature. I've been to other. Monday night in, in Oakland is a literature study where we decide what literature we're going to read, and we read it and i've been there i used to, i don't go there anymore but i'd gone there for many years and read a lot of literature and read literature on my own and uh but i don't read just oa literature and aa literature i have other books that i read so i'm reading this book about two spiritual people that are very big in the spiritual community like the dalai lama and <laughs> this other guy um And they put together this book, and um, three people did. And one of the things that they were talking about was this level of happiness that most people have. And no matter what happens to them in life, they reach this level of happiness. Had they win the lottery, or if they become paraplegic, if they stay alive long enough, they'll reach this level of happiness. Right? And... I want to just say that they must not have been talking to people in program because people in program, we go beyond that level that is created before we get here. There is a level of recovery here that I've heard when I first came here by the first two speakers that I heard that blew me out of the water because people weren't talking about anything that they were talking about at the level they were talking about that I had ever heard, you know, and I wanted what they had. You know one of the reasons why I kept coming back was because they were talking about recovery in a sense that I had never heard now I gave you an idea of who I was back then, you know, and I'm not that person today I am so one of the things that has happened was that of course I got this sponsor who I thought was a bit of an ass and uh, he was very he had very snide comments and some very um Things to tell me to do that I really didn't want to do, like work the steps and you know read the literature and go to meetings and you know the things that we tell people around here to do. I really didn't want to do. I didn't want to be a member. I didn't come here, you know, wanting to be a member of Overeaters Anonymous. I needed to be a member, but I didn't want to be a member. You know, I didn't know that at the time. And he was very persistent with me. He was my sponsor for over ten years and. And he was very persistent, very loving in, some, in a fashion, you know, and very loving in a way that you would normally see, you know, loving expressed, you know, love expressed. And um, him and his wife, I, I felt that they bamboozled me into this program very subtly, but I, um, I have, um, I for whatever reason, stayed and have been a member. So by working the steps, one of the things that happened was that, I'll give you a little taste of my background and where I came from. I came from a home of alcoholics that were racist and bigot and full of hate and anger, and there wasn't a lot of um, appreciation for people of the opposite sex of what I am. They were violent and abusive, and um, not only physically, but emotionally, mentally, and sexually. I was not a happy child. I did not grow up in a happy home. And um, so, as you can tell, I have, still have a bit of an edge to me at times. But I'm not that person. I grew up with those attitudes. I grew up being a somewhat verbally abusive, angry, sometimes physically abusive, and sexually abusive person who was full of hate and anger and dislike for people who didn't look like me, you know. I just want to let you know that I've spent the last 20 years, I just retired a few years back, working in civil rights, trying in some sense to make amends for what not only that I did, but from the family that I came from. I tried to do the right thing. The program Overeaters Anonymous helped me in that job. I didn't always have that job. And what that has afforded me was an opportunity, like I said, to make amends to society for the person that I was. I'm no longer that person. I love who I am today, I love my body. I don't shame myself, I don't beat myself, I don't get on the scale five times a day thinking that you know, five more pounds and then I'm gonna be all right, or five more, or five more, or five more. And no matter how low I got, it was never enough. And today I am enough. And my body size is different than it was and um, in in both ways. I'm less I'm less than I used to be and I'm more than I used to be. I'm at a healthy body weight and I've been at a healthy body weight since I've been here and uh, I'm really grateful for that as well so the other thing is that I did a lot of training on sexual harassment prevention you know and I did a lot of training on how to treat employees in a fair and equal way you know and I worked on a lot of committees on uh, the Martin Luther King Day and Black History Month and the Hispanic Heritage Month and <laughs> And and it sounds funny to me because of where I came from and who I am today. It's so different and that it touches me. And it took people to love me. And there was people that weren't always looking like me, that loved me back, or had the same sexual orientation that I have. It was people like that that loved me and told me that I was okay and to keep coming back. And they didn't care about my anger or my shotgun or whatever, you know, wherever I was at. But there were people who did stay away from me, and I really don't blame them. (laughs) If I met me today, I probably wouldn't approach me either. So, hey, when I was new. Some people have known me for many years, and they may not have ever experienced that person either because... These changes came quickly for me. When I got abstinent, things that happened to me was that, and I worked the steps, was that depression left me. I would have depression that was at points suicidal and I had always been depressed and didn't know it except when I thought I wanted to kill myself. And uh, that's when I thought, oh, I may be depressed. But when when the depression dropped away, I realized I would have been depressed as far back as I could remember. You know, I had migraine headaches. I couldn't get out of bed. And today I haven't had a migraine headache in 18 plus years. My fingers used to crack and they don't crack anymore. Um, It was food that was killing me and I didn't know it, you know. And, um. So what I did was I, I got a, my sponsor introduced me to this way of doing a 10 step that incorporates all the steps and what it was was an avenue for me to put all my anger onto the paper, all my hatred onto the paper and to take it to a power greater than me and to work the steps around each and one of those. This had happened very quickly for me. So there are people who have known me for many years who may not have experienced my prejudices, you know, because of that, you know. And um, I'm really grateful for that process. I'm really grateful for the steps. They saved my life and the people that loved me when I didn't feel lovable, that loved me anyway, even though I didn't feel it, that had restored me to sanity that level of love and concern and compassion that I have today to give. And that has brought me from that level of what they said in that book of happiness, that no matter what happened in my life, I'd always only reach that is not true for us, not true for me, because I'm much more up here than where I was as far as being being happy or feeling joy being grateful, and and a new word for me, content, which takes a lot of acceptance, contentment takes a lot of acceptance, the more acceptance I have, the more contentment I have, funny how that works, you know, my level of acceptance, so is it perfect, no, I still have stomach problems from the damage that I did when I was out there in the food. It's still with me today. Um, But I take steps where it's better, and I'm grateful for that. And um, I have an understanding of uh, a power greater than me, and I know what it is, and I know what has restored me to sanity. And uh, I'm grateful for the ability to give that back to others and to work with others Um, I have sponsees today that call me and read their 10 steps to me and I have sponsees that don't call me and don't but I see them at a meeting and we talk and you know they're not as active as I think they should be but I try to accept them just the way they are and have love and compassion for them and, um, and that's, uh, that's a different kind of guy. That shotgun, when I was talking about one day somebody brushed across my ego, and I went like, where'd it go? <laughs> it was gone, and it hasn't come back, so, um, grateful for that. Two minutes, um, I'm an avid hiker and uh, backpacker, and I I plan these trips with people in my hiking groups, and um, we go out, and um, I enjoy the stillness of the trees and the forest and the people I'm with that are there for, I think, the same reason at some level that I'm there for to find that uh, that stillness, because that stillness is within each of us. And I enjoy having that stillness. I was on the BART today, coming here and looking out the window and enjoying the stillness of the scenery that went by, and even the stillness of the BART as it was wishing through the tunnel. and. Uh, um, Very happy today. Very content, and I am um, gonna leave here and go have a late lunch with uh, members of this fellowship, and then we'll probably go to a movie, and um, I'll see my family, some of them, on Friday. We'll go out to lunch. They have a lot more acceptance for me today. Um, My parents are no longer with us. I didn't talk to my father for 16 years. But um, I'm going to have lunch with my brother and his daughters and grandkids. And um, this is a guy that thought I joined a cult when I joined Overhears Anonymous. (laughs) And uh, today he accepts me as I am. And he goes, so where can we go to eat that you can eat at? He's changed. So I don't know. Maybe this program's catchy or something. Even if you don't come, I guess. Thank you.